the jokes didn't seem to land as you wanted. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, that's always tough. You got to know what's going to come as jokes for them, what they like, what they don't like the first time going through. I mean, we're all, this is all new for all of us, uh, especially me. So I'm just trying to put my personality out there and, um, you know, if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network, Thursday, February 27th. Happy Chili Day, y'all. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, Taz Mellon. Yeah, happy Chili Day, everybody. I had no idea. Uh, did you hope you brought some? Uh, yeah, for sure. It's, in, <laughs> good, the, good. it's <laughs> in the slow cooker, so it's not here, but it's cooking somewhere. Excellent. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey yo, hey yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. And last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Your voice sounded different. Yeah, I know. I, I somehow have picked up an injury from playing basketball to my voice box. Your larynx. Yeah, my larynx. I wasn't calling out all that much last night, but <laughs> woke up this morning with a bit of a uh, yeah. scratchy throat. So, you sound wild I right think now. that just shows, you know, once you hit over 40, yeah. you can pick up all sorts of injuries just from playing basketball. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. I, I often get a little congested after playing a little basketball, too. Yeah. There's something. I had there. a little bit of phlegm in the old throat this morning, too. So, uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Just a little, huh? Well, a little more than a little, but a little. <laughs> Why don't you take a big swig of that booch you got there? Yeah, yeah take a big old swig. Cla- feel better. Clog it up tend, a little I bit in there. I not, uh, you know. You don't like to chug it. No, no, no. But this maybe, is more a sipper. No, you got to really coat your throat there. There <laughs> we go. All right. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Uh, we'll hopefully jump outside today to open up an old pack of basketball cards. We will go live on Instagram TV. I, I don't know. We might have to cancel it, though, with this guy. Nah. Under the weather. No? Nah. <laughs> Got it? Got yeah. it in you? Uh, I don't know if I want to touch the cards after you touch them, though. <laughs> That's going to be a problem. I'll wear gloves. I'll wear gloves. Uh, you know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And you can email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We hit the beach yesterday to answer some of your cues. Topics included the NBA's best team of the 21st century, our sixth man of the year favorites, Kyrie Irving's Hall of Fame credentials, iconic what-if plays, what-if moments, sleepovers, so much more. Always a blast. Go download and listen to that beach step-in episode that we dropped yesterday afternoon. All right, lots to get to here on a Thursday. We'll start with a little true or false. First one, we got more bad news for the Sixers. Joel Embiid left Wednesday night's game against the Cavs. He was ruled out with a left shoulder sprain. He will have an MRI today. Keep your eyes on the tweets there, guys. Big man, uh, he held his shoulder when he ran into Ante Djidic. And, uh, you know, he went to the foul line. He was in obvious pain, missed the two free throws, and he was in the back and he came back, whatever. He didn't return to that game. So this is bad. Did he hurt his larynx as well? No, no I don't think so. I don't <laughs> okay. think so. But here's the true or false question. With the Embiid injury off of the Ben Simmons back injury. True or false, this 76ers season is a wrap. Come on. You can stick a fork in it. I don't think so. I think it's a pretty false. non-serious injury with the way it looked. Mm. I don't. Th- it's a standard Joel Embiid is not going to play 70 games this season. He's got to slow the pace down. He was on pace for like 69. you got to slow it down a little bit. It'll be right in his range of 63 or 64. I think he'll be back. Okay. And my worry is he's not going to be playing. He, is he going to be keeping in shape this right. next week or two? Mm. That's that's my biggest worry. But combined with the Ben Simmons, sure, it's, it's easy to worry. But they're still going to be no lower than six. 
Yeah. When it's it comes almost, down to maybe it. Maybe even impossible for them to even fall out of fifth right now. Not that that's good. I mean, we know how bad they are on the road. They did mm-hmm. lose this game to the Cavs, too. That's the other part of this. Mm-hmm. And I know the, the Bickerstaff bump is a true thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> They're playing hard for them. They are playing hard, but uh, still, the Sixers, you shouldn't be losing this game. I don't care if you don't have Simmons and Embiid. You do have uh, three other guys that are paid a lot of money in Tobias Harris and Al Horford and Josh Richardson, mm-hmm. and they combined for 30 points. That's it. That's rough. Yeah. You think the season's over? Well, I, I mean, the season was not looking great even when they had... Embiid and Simmons yeah. playing, to be honest, because I don't think they're in that top echelon of the Eastern teams myself in the Celtics, the Raptors, and of course the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. So this really just now sets them back, and you've got to mention it there. They really now have to be desperate to make sure they don't fall too far away from that fourth spot. They must have home court advantage in the first round. Like, that's the best they can hope for right now, mm-hmm. no matter what, uh, how their situation plays out, because even in that scenario, they're likely to face the Bucks in the second round. Yeah. So things aren't looking great for them. Um, but yeah, that, that was a weird injury because there was no big collision. No. It was more he was just trying to Establish do a, a Trey that. Kirby yeah, there, really. Just trying to sort of get that big body down there in the pain. And um, it almost, yeah, I don't know exactly how he was able to injure it so bad. So hopefully that means it's not that serious. Yeah. Because like a little stinger of some sort. But yeah. It looked weird. Getting yeah. checked out, I guess. Just got bent the wrong way, kind of, I suppose. Um, I've been a big-time Sixers backer. I've kind of been the last holdout of maybe this team will be able to get it together at some point, and even I'm feeling pretty anti-Sixers these days. I guess the good way you could spin this is that maybe now Tobias Harris, Al Horford, and Josh Richardson can really be empowered. They can really get some rhythm going here the last 20 games of the season without the two guys who are going to have the ball the most in the playoffs if Embiid and Simmons are able to make it back for the playoffs. I don't know. Just seems like one of those seasons where things keep going wrong and then it feels like maybe they'll get a little bit better and then things just keep going wrong and then it gets a little bit better and then it goes wrong. Yeah. Those seasons happen. Uh, it happened to the Lakers during the Dwight Howard season where they're like, our season starts now. And then they would lose a couple of games. Somebody would get hurt. Our season starts now. Our season starts now. It happened to the Celtics last year. Feels like it's happening to the Sixers this year. Right. And any, anytime you have to verbalize stuff like that, it's not a good sign. Yeah, that's <laughs> You right. should just be playing basketball and be playing well. And I said the same thing about Joel Embiid feeling empowered when Ben Simmons went out. I thought maybe this guy's going to be the number one guy and feel like the number one guy for the last couple months. Go beast mode into the playoffs. And uh, I understand what you're saying with the Al Horford and Tobias Harris, but those guys aren't necessarily even in <laughs> yeah. those roles ever, mm-hmm. even when yeah. when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid come back, while Embiid sort of has that role. So I, I think it's, it's just a bad sign, period. And... Uh, Good teams just don't lose seven games in a row on the road. Yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're, they're terrible on the road. And they got lucky that the Heat are actually playing pretty badly. <laughs> yeah. And they lost. The Heat they, one-upped them somehow yeah. last night, losing yeah. to the Wolves and having, what, like a 12-point lead with four minutes to go yeah. and somehow lost. 17-3 run to end the game, and Jimmy Butler just stopped scoring. Yeah. Uh, this would be a strange Heat-Sixers first-round <laughs> matchup if it, if it is to happen. Do you think at all – and I know I'm jumping ahead here with this idea that, like, oh, no, Simmons' back is really severe and he doesn't come back maybe this year or who knows with Embiid's shoulder after the MRI. Could these injuries at all save possibly Brett Brown's coaching job with Philadelphia as sort of, well, he doesn't have his two stars, his two superstars, and he somehow survives? Like I'm saying in that hypothetical, he loses in the first round or they get waxed by the Bucks even in a second-round series. Or is he gone? If they can make it to the second round, I think he's probably okay. That would be enough to you. I, I, I think so. If you lose to the Bucks, if you if you lose without to, those two guys, well, without one of them at least, yeah. um, certainly. I mean, if the, if the Bucks win seventy games or thereabouts, then I don't think that's too bad. But I have a feeling that the Sixers 
may want to look for an excuse to move on from Brett Brown anyway, yeah. and they might have this one here. So he's had a, he's had a long time. Uh, he only signed a one-year extension, I believe, anyway, last season. So they, they didn't have a, a lot of faith in him. Um, and, yeah, he's been there a long time, and uh, the Sixers haven't been able to sort of take that next step up yeah, to the, the conference the, finals. There is still time here, I guess. I mean, what we were just saying right before we jumped on here, six or seven weeks playoff start, something like that. Yeah, so seven. time to get healthy and put a little run together and maybe be yeah. a dangerous team come playoffs. But uh, every time you get excited a little bit, like you said, Trey, for Philly, something else happens. And it's like two steps forward, one step back. Wait, other way around. One step forward, two steps back. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I'm still like, I remember the season when <clears throat> Embiid went out towards the end of the season. They went on a huge winning streak with Ben Simmons, right? So yeah. you're like, they can always put it together at any time. And I don't know where they're 59 games into their season. And it feels like they can still put it together at any time. Will you actually do it? I don't know. The pieces just don't fit to me. And, uh, you know, a lot of the players that were brought in over the summer uh, in Richardson and Horford got long deals. Tobias Harris has a long deal. So those guys aren't going anywhere. Yeah. So who's going to go somewhere? Elton Brand ain't firing himself. Something is going to change eventually. So maybe Brett Brown survives the end of this season. Maybe he survives into next season. But it would be a quick hook, I would imagine, next year if things start out poorly. Yeah. Let's, let's hear I, I agree. I, I, I think uh, they don't go into next season with the exact same plan. Mm-hmm. They lost the second round twice the last two years. If they do the same thing, even if they get around, I don't see them going next year with Brett Brown. I don't either. I agree. Elton Brand will be there. He likes – I guess he's modeling his team after himself a little bit. Everybody <laughs> shoot that mid-ranger, baby. <laughs> uh, Everybody's big. And everybody is monstrous. But it's been the longest 59 games of any team, right? It just feels like so long. It's It's been an arduous process, that, I think, that's for where, us and for them. Yeah, that's where it is similar. I've said this before. It's similar to the Celtics with Kyrie last year. Yeah. It is. And where it's like the talent's there. You can still believe in them. Oh, maybe they get it going in the playoffs. But uh, it, it's what it's that when it feels just way heavier and longer for what already is a, a heavy and long at regular season, that's never a good sign. And maybe at some point you just got to be like, okay, it's, it's not the year. And, and uh, changes need to be made. Maybe that's where we're at with the Sixers. You tell us. Let us know on Twitter at NoDunkSync, true or false, on the Sixers uh, season being a wrap here. We'll ultimately find out how severe this shoulder injury is, too, with Embiid. If he's done for the year, then I, I don't have them winning a first round uh, against the Miami Heat. Because I don't think they're going to drop. That's the crazy part. They're probably locked into fifth here. Like, well, how, they're only game and a half. Game and a half. Oh, is it that half. close? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought it was bigger in my mind. Yeah. Um, though they haven't. You know, giving us a lot of confidence either. No, they haven't, but the Sixers, they okay, have. Okay, I thought one, they were further back. They have one game at home against the Knicks to, tonight, and then they go on that big four game road. Right, basket. with the Lakers and the Clippers yeah. and all the Cali teams. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and we know they're not great on the road. All right, keep it going here. Last night, Jason Tatum and his Beantown boys pulled away in the fourth quarter to hand the Jazz their fourth straight loss, 114 103. That was in Utah. Royce O'Neill moved into the starting lineup for the Jazz, replacing Joe Ingles. Though originally in the day it was reported that Mike Conley would come off the pine. But no, he started and he hit some threes. But Jazz lose again. So I'm going to ask you here, because of that whole confusion yesterday, uh, you know, with the, the Athletic all over this story about who's in, who's out for the Jazz and the starting lineup and trying to switch it up. True or false, Conley should be the one to return to the bench. O'Neal in, Ingles in, and Conley to the bench. True or false? True. I, I think so, because Mike Conley has joined this team, whereas Joe Ingles has been there for a few years, and I just think Joe Ingles plays better with that starting unit. Mike Conley, the, the fit has just not worked. 
And I think in, at this stage of his career, he would be a more effective player coming off the bench, you know, in a role where he can still score, he can shoot, he can still distribute the ball. And this, the, the most confusing thing about this, though, was how we heard originally it was going to be uh, Mike Conley going to yeah. the bench and then it was Joe Ingles. Like, that to me really shows that Quinn Snyder has sort of lost confidence in himself. Well, I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think he made the decision. Is what he, Who did is then? It? I don't think Quinn Snyder made the decision. Somebody must have spoke out. Yeah. Because if, if the first report is that Conley's going to the bench and then all of a sudden there's this change that Conley is back into the starting lineup, either someone in Conley's camp uh, who basically was like, hey, you know, we, we got traded here. We want to be in the starting lineup. Or somebody in the front office that wants to make that trade for John Morant being traded to the Memphis Grizzlies for Mike Conley look good. I, I, don't th- I, don't, I just don't see why Quinn Snyder oh, wow. would make this move when Joe Ingles entered that starting lineup. And things went perfectly for them. They're twenty-four and twelve with Joe Ingles in the starting lineup, right. and twelve and ten without him. I don't see why That's you would take Ingles out of it. It should be Snyder's decision, though. He's the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, should, he should be the one who says no. This is this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Why would they change? I can understand maybe Conley's. If you look at it from a, you zoom out and you say maybe Conley in the starting lineup, they have a higher ceiling. Right. We've sure. talked about that in the past that you yeah. might need Conley balling out if you're going to have go two or three or four rounds into the playoffs. And I mean, part of it's got to be the confidence factor too, yeah. right? You don't want to bench a guy who is a proud veteran who is your big, your big uh, acquisition over the summer. Yeah. You don't want to send him to the bench and basically say, "We were playing great when you were hurt, and now that you're back, we're playing pretty poorly." Go to the bench. Maybe we'll be good again. Maybe that's Snyder's thinking if he is the one making the call. I don't know. But uh, Ingles needs to be in there because he gets the ball to Rudy Gobert. And I think that that is the huge thing. He has the best chemistry as a pick-and-roll partner with Gobert. Um, And Gobert just, if he is not getting the ball on offense, he's starting to take plays off on defense. There are clips where he is, you know, there's a guy driving to the rim, and he's there. He could challenge. And, I mean, he's had some fouls for sure in the past couple of games. uh, And surely he's watching those. But, that's not the Rudy Gobert that we're used to seeing. And there are so many times he's open underneath the hoop. Mitchell's missing him. Conley's missing him. There was a great roll where Conley like threw the ball eight feet in the air and Gobert barely got his fingers on it. There are times when Gobert is open that he could be scoring, that he should be uh, able to produce offensively as a roll guy. But only Ingles, it seems, is able to find him. Yeah. And if he's not getting the ball, why would he be 100% in on defense yeah. when he's the only guy playing defense? And Joe Ingles just has just struggled when he's tried to come off the bench this season. So yeah, that, another that, clunker last yeah. night. Two oh. points, two boards, two assists. Right? And could never get any sort of flow going there. Yeah. But uh, really, unless it's coming from the team ownership or the general manager, an agent should not have any impact on yeah, the yeah. coach decision. And, and, and Mike and, Conley also does not feel like the type of guy. No. I'm sure he's got some pride and I'm sure he wants to start, don't get me wrong, but doesn't feel like the type of guy to be like, no, I need the ball. I so need all my just went home and took a nap. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, Woke up and he was starting he, again. I think it's, it's like Al Horford. <laughs> it's like Al Horford, yeah. right. This vet guy is yeah. like, anything to do to help the team. If exactly. it's better than me coming off the bench, let's do that. Yeah. But, but it's, definitely, it's definitely a bad look for Utah, though, that that's what happened, you know, within an hour or two or whatever of them, them making. Why would they even make Make that announcement either. Like, and they told, uh, the, uh, according to the athletic reports, they told their players at shoot around that, yeah. that, yeah, Conley's going to the bench. <laughs> and then, see, that's why I, I think somebody else got involved. But I've, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know. I just think your team's playing well with one guy. I know they've struggled a little bit lately, but Joe Ingles is the guy. I think the difference between Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert as, as pick and roll partners is that Mike Conley's used to playing with Marcus Soule. Yeah. And he gives Rudy Gobert the or ball. Or even like a Zach Randolph. Yeah, back in the guys day. who can handle and score yeah. from 10, 12, 14 feet. And that, that's where he gives Rudy Gobert the ball. And Rudy Gobert can't make things happen from there. Mm-hmm. He's got to be – they are missing him mm-hmm. at the rim. But 
that's where he should be getting yeah. the ball, not way out there. And that's uh, it doesn't work. Joe Ingles knows where to give him the ball, and they just l- listen. I think we're we're probably skimming over the Celtics being awesome in yeah, this game. Also true. And they steamrolled them a couple times. Like the Jazz kept fighting back, and yeah. it was a close game at half. It was a close game at the end of the third quarter there, uh, but. Tatum went on a run. Jalen Brown went on a run. Mark Smart went on a run. So they had three guys playing really, really well, and the Jazz aren't. And Daniel Tice was great, too. He Mm -hmm. felt like he was running all over the place, just tip dunks left and right and just being active. And, you know, with Gobert just not 100% in it, that was a difference maker. Yeah. Four losses since the All Star break have now dropped Utah from what was a very, you know, viable shot at the number two seed in the West all the way down to like one game out of the number seven spot. That big a swing here, again, just since the All-Star break, which is crazy. So you are saying, it sounds like everybody's agreeing, it should be Conley, probably the one coming off the bench. Ingles in there. Royce O'Neal, it sounds like nobody has a problem starting, too, because their defense has been brutal, and he's mm-hmm. their best perimeter defender. Definitely. Especially at getting back in transition where they've been waxed over the last little bit. So that makes sense. Um, yeah, now it's going to be interesting to see what they do now. Yeah. Like, well, do they just switch it up again and... Okay, Conley, let's try this. Or do they like you know dig your heels in and say we can make this work? Because again, Conley wasn't he wasn't brutal offensively. He was hitting yeah. shots, and that's what he couldn't do really early in the season. But this is wild. We were wrong. I mean, look, I was wrong. I think most of us were wrong about Conley looking like the perfect fit for a Utah system. Like he's a guy that you can play off the ball because he can shoot. He's still even up up in age is a you know a pretty strong defender at the point guard position, which he's lost a step there. I don't know how much injuries come into play there. He hasn't been all that great. It's uh yeah it's it hasn't worked at all. Mm-hmm. It's shocking, and he's under contract for what like another year and a half. Right? So, yeah, he's got right. thirty two million dollar player option next yeah. season, so he'll probably take it. I think <laughs> so. <yeah. laughs> uh, but it, it is weird watching Conley just chuck. Uh, like he gets the ball now. He j- I don't know. He, there's a comfort level he just hasn't found. He just he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much anymore mm-hmm. uh, because Donovan Mitchell does. Joe Ingles does, and then when he gets it, he just fires. Yeah. <laughs> and some of the threes went down, but the twos, he just he doesn't have touch inside. Uh, he used to have that floater dropping left yeah. and right. I don't know what's going Literally. on. Disappeared on and him. And then the weird thing is you go to the bench, and then Jordan Clarkson's getting all the shots too. I was so. just going to say that. Yep, that's exactly right. It's like there's <laughs> where's a spot now for him on this team. But, again, it comes back also to the defense, and I think you're, it, what you were saying, Trey, is spot on. The idea of, like, you got, like, your guy, your defensive player of the year here in Rudy Gobert is – he f- he's checked out because because of probably the other end they're missing him and he's getting not touches and they got to get this going here. It's weird to have like three of these teams that we were so high on for a stretch there early in the season in Miami, in Philadelphia, and in Utah are uh, all in the slumps right now. Yeah, bad timing. Uh, still six seven weeks like we said before the playoffs, but you got to get it going, turn it around here. All right, final one. Russell Westbrook delivered another dominant performance in the Rockets. 140-112 win over the Grizzlies last night. Russ led the way with 33 points, 9 boards, 8 assists, 4 steals in just 34 minutes. Before the game, John Morant told reporters that Westbrook's play is taken for granted and that he's highly disrespected. So I thought this was a fun one. True or false? Jaw's right. Westbrook is taken for granted slash disrespected in a way. I think it's false. I, I think uh, I think it sounds Russ, like you're disrespecting him. No, not at all, not at all. Look, no. look. I think we've given Russ plenty of pl- praise over the years. Uh, I'm, I'm talking big picture here. I'm not just talking this season or this stretch. Uh, and, and Russell Westbrook, no doubt, he's a, been a fantastic player, but he's got some bad habits that have cost him big time in big moments in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what we have seen of him recently is a completely different player, and he's having much better results. And so he's being uh, highlighted in a different way. But I, I don't think he's disrespected. I, I mean, I think we all 
respect what he has been able to do as far as averaging a triple-double for three years. Incredible stuff. But, but isn't that a way of disrespecting him by saying, yeah, he averaged a triple-double for three straight seasons and now he's playing the best in his career? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think so because I think they're just two completely different stages of his playing career. I mean, going into the playoffs the last couple of years, I remember myself thinking like, he can't get out of his own way and that's going to affect his team. And, and that clearly happened against the Blazers and the Jazz. You know, where they he only won, what, two, three games in those two whole series. And the Blazers, they swept the Blazers during the regular season. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so Russ has that problem is that he gets caught up in these little um, pissing contests within a game and it, and, it, and it costs him. So I don't think it's disrespectful to point that out. Mm-hmm. I think it would be disrespectful if you say something like, this guy's not a Hall of Famer. He shouldn't be, you know, he shouldn't be in the All Star game right. or anything like that. No one like thinks that. that. No, well, you no. At least. Yeah. no. Um, so I, I think he's um, fairly rated, but he has to now play the way he's been playing in the playoffs, almost like a Dirk, you know, where it's like, okay, no, now Dirk didn't really change the way he played, but he just got over the hump. Mm-hmm. Westbrook needs to get over the hump in the playoffs. Of course, he's been to the finals a long time ago, but this is now a stage of his career where it's like. Are you a different player or are you just a different regular season player? I just think this is John Morant's first year, so I don't think uh, young man's looking big picture. I just think he's <laughs> talking about right now. And some people didn't think Russell Westbrook should be in the All-Star game. We all, we all had him sort of on the periphery and yeah. didn't have him as our picks. And, yeah, he's turned it on since then. And he's got a special skill that I think John Morant just appreciates and the fact that you can't teach him motor. And uh, it's that's that's it. I, I think that's simple as that. I think Jaw's just appreciating him. That's, that's yeah, it. and John Morant, even back to uh, his Murray State days, he's been often compared to Westbrook. Yep. Right, the, the idea of that speed and explosiveness. So that that makes sense that he would like a guy like Westbrook if you see similarities in his game. But Russ has played. This is maybe the best stretch of his career. These twenty-five games, he's averaging thirty-two, eight, and seven in the past twenty-five, shooting over fifty percent from the field. That's really the only stat. When you talk about Westbrook, mm-hmm. that's usually the knock against him. It's like, yeah, okay, triple doubles, 30-point triple doubles, but your efficiency stinks. And, oh, oh yeah, you're also not a three-point shooter, but you jack like five or six a game. Yeah. But he's cut that out. He's like not really doing that now. 42 attempts in 2020. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 57 in January alone, 74 See? in November. That's, he's, a, that's amazing. He stopped shooting, and now that uh, – now that he's playing the way people wanted him to play, that's why you're hearing that Russell Westbrook is yep. having the best stretch of his career. And, you know, shout out to Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey, who decided Westbrook's good enough as a big guy, basically, <laughs> as a secondary playmaker that we can go with all smallies. Yeah. And, you know, there aren't a lot of guys who are 6'4 and a guard that make that team possible. But he, you know, the, the Rockets were getting crushed on the glass when Clint Capella was around and Westbrook said, I'll just go get them all. Yeah. And that really changed the season for the Rockets because they – figured out oh okay our point guard's gonna rebound that's awesome i guess we'll go with that and it's worked out perfectly so far we'll see what happens in the playoffs things change when you're able to scout it and you're not getting surprised by playing against a bunch of six seven six nine guys but right now it looks nice yeah i mean especially if you watch that grizzlies game i know they blew them out but like you know they're going against a giant guy like in valentunas westbrook was on him like half the time <laughs> and they just front him and they're like well what? i mean and valentunas is a guy that like you're not really worried about the lob threat there because he's not that athletic but he just plays so damn hard. He fronts and he's helping, and then and then they finish the possession by he goes up and gets a rebound amongst all the trees because he just humps, jumps higher than all these guys. So, yeah, this, this is uh, this is really what's happened with Westbrook is like you know how people are like with LeBron or a guy like Westbrook over the years are just like why do you just go to the hole every time? 
why don't you just drive every time? Like, and it's like so not fair to say because if it was that easy, they would do that. But yeah. it's actually, you know, it's taxing, it's exhausting, it's like just not realistic. But Westbrook is getting damn close to that. There was like in the second quarter of that game last night, he had like five or six layups where he's just <laughs> attack, 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 and then finishing left and right. Uh, he's becoming as close as you could possibly get to like, why don't you just go to the rim every time? Mm-hmm. And smart mm-hmm. with a guy like him when you can't shoot the three. Yeah, yeah and it's increased his uh, efficiency, like you said, everywhere on the floor and especially at the rim. And that was the worrisome part last year. It just looked like, yeah, he'd kind of get to the rim, but there would be a center there, clank, 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 just wouldn't go in in, in the postseason. Now there isn't a center there. <laughs> he's Or it's uh, Rudy Gobert or somebody that, or Jonas Valanciunas that he can get around. He's They've what they've done I think is just given this team a real identity and now they have like this mental confidence that yeah we're gonna play this way this is our style we're the only team playing this style and they feel good yeah going into every game the pocket rockets it is weird too to me I don't know what it is here maybe just because he's been so dominant and not that Harden hasn't but it feels like it's like veered toward this team being in a weird way Westbrook's team come on come on (laughs) come on this is like when people said it was Paul George's team with the Thunder last year this is still Harden's team he's still their Mm. best player but Westbrook has had an impact no doubt their Rockets were bottom five in pace last year now they're third in pace because Westbrook has taken the ball off the glass and pushing it go 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 and you know I think switching to the pocket Rockets style combined with the Westbrook energy like you have to play harder when it's all small guys because yeah. like Westbrook has to give a ton of effort to guard and to front a Jonas Valanciunas even if Valanciunas isn't a huge offensive yeah. threat it just everybody is locked in and everybody is given full efforts right now well that's and part also, of that is Westbrook for sure and Westbrook is taking back-to-backs off so he's kind of preparing himself yeah better good point. It's a good point. you know that he's that he's not going every single game so that when he does play he can give 110 percent because he's not the sort of guy who can who can pull it back he has to go top speed all the time so that also appears to be working for the Rockets yeah kudos to the Rockets that they're definitely resting him for the playoffs this is the first time in his career that he was he's sitting games period mm-hmm. and the first time sitting and resting has ever entered into the same sentence with Russell Westbrook it just doesn't happen he might be sitting some more in the next coming weeks he picked up his NBA high 14th technical foul last night so if he receives two more, he will be suspended for one game. So maybe he's got that in his little back pocket there. Not only do it the first night of a back-to-back, so that he gets yeah, suspended right. for the second night, anyways. Right, right, smart. It's possible. So Houston has won five straight now. They're two games out of the number two seed, and uh, yeah, just rolling. And, and I just want to mention one thing about that, like Trey mentioned, that they're all sort of they all, all feel like they have to play harder. You know, when you don't have a big, like oh, we got to scramble, we got to rebound together. Robert Covington, who is. He used to be 6'9 when he was with uh, Philadelphia, but now he's 6'7 with the Rockets. <laughs> he's averaging two and a half blocks a game with the Rockets in eight games. That's a lot of blocks. Yeah. For a little dude. It's And it's infectious, right? Like, they're all scrambling, mm-hmm. and they're all playing the same way, and they all they all love it. Can't wait till the playoffs. And that Rockets-Thunder first-round game, uh, first-round matchup could, uh, could you happen. called it a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. But uh, but you were pretty high on the uh, OKC's yes. chances of winning that series. Yeah. Maybe uh, you've changed your tune a little bit uh, with how Houston's played. I, I still I still uh, <laughs> you know I, I, I think it'll Hard be a to long hit those high notes <laughs> with all the phlegm, buddy. Air Knicks <laughs> taking you to another level. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I think it'd be a good long series. I'll leave it at that for right now. <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy tease. man! What a tease. <laughs> The Athletic is home to 400 of the best sports writers out there and at least five of the best podcasters. And we're all covering every major team in every major league in the U.S., Canada, and the United Kingdom. For instance, I loved Scott Powers' recent oral history on Kevin Garnett's one year playing high school basketball in Chicago. 
The names you're reading in this article are the heroes of mine from when I was like a 10 or 11 year old boy. Shout out to Ronnie Fields and Farragut. Shout out to Mac Irvin. Shout out to Westinghouse. These are just local high schools in Chicago, but they really mattered back in the day. And it's fun to reminisce, no doubt, especially when we were there during All-Star Weekend. Simply put, The Athletic has the best sports newsroom on the planet. But you don't have to take my word for it because I lie all the time. You can see for yourself by signing up for a free trial. Head to theathletic.com slash no dunks to save 40% on an annual subscription. That works out to $3 a month for total access to some of the best sports coverage in the world. So what are you waiting for? Hit up theathletic.com slash no dunks to save 40% today. All right, let's get to some news here, guys. Uh, This broke yesterday. The Charlotte Hornets guard Malik Monk has been suspended indefinitely without pay for violating the NBA's anti-drug program. The suspension started with Charlotte's game last night and will continue until Monk is determined to be in full compliance with the program. The Hornets did tweet a statement, and they said, quote, We are disappointed in Malik's decision-making that resulted in his suspension. As an organization, we do not condone his behavior. However, we are committed to supporting Malik during this time. Malik Monk, who had been playing actually really well in the last little stretch. I know nobody gives a damn about the Hornets, but he had been averaging like 18 points per game in the last seven, which was, you know, getting going here. Indefinitely is the uh, concern here. Usually it's a 25-gamer. Yeah. So, uh, So this is marijuana. Can we? Uh, well, I don't know if it is. I, I would say it probably isn't. I'm guessing. Why wouldn't they just announce it 25 game and then? Uh, isn't it five games the yeah, first time? Oh. For yeah, yeah, you don't jump right to 25. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, my point is, I don't think this is uh, like what Aiton got dinged for and uh, right. and Collins like Pete. What, what, Not what a PED. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yes, that's my guess. Complete guess. The sticky icky. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I just think it <laughs> the could, wacky backy. I just think it could be more serious because it's given that indefinite. Like that is a weird phrasing yeah. for sure. Yeah, That's yeah one no, that you're I right. heard. Yeah, you're right. Um, yes, but some in some places it's saying if it, if it was if it's indefinitely then it was not weed. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Beca- oh, okay. That's what I because it, because it would have an assigned stipulation, an assigned number mm. to that. So. We'll find out. Oh, who knows? Well, this is a bummer because I, if you remember, when we were doing our preseason picks or, or questions, we had one that was like, who's a player entering a make-or-break season? And I picked Malik Monk, um, you know, being here in his third year. He had been great at Kentucky, had shot the ball well there, and had struggled in his first two seasons. And I thought, oh, maybe there'll be a chance he gets more consistent minutes and he has a bit of a breakout. And when we were talking about that, he had the Hornets hadn't even picked up at the time his fourth-year player option. Now, they did, uh, you know, a couple days after we recorded that. So he's he's got that four-year, $5.3 million next year. But, uh, you know, again, he had it going a little bit here, and, and it was a make-or-break season again, in my opinion. This doesn't help his chances. I know he's under contract for a year, and you can bounce back from this, and, and we'll find out what it is and how severe it is. But just still a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a bummer. This is not a bummer. Reports. Guys, according to The Athletics, Sham Sharanya, Warrior star Stephen Curry, will return to the Golden State lineup this Sunday against the Wizards, completing his comeback four months after surgery on his broken left hand. There's no word, though, on if he'll be on any type of minutes restriction. But Curry is coming back uh, this weekend, hopefully. Great Great news for the Kirby household. My girls ask me every morning, did Steph Curry play last night? (laughs) Nope. Still hurt. What happened to him, Isla? He broke his hand. Mm. You're right. So they'll be excited, and, you know, it'll be good. Maybe Andrew Wiggins will get a win. Mm. <laughs> you can't... Uh, yeah, when's the last time he won? 
The last game he won was January 9th. Come on. Timberwolves beat the Portland Trailblazers. So it is honestly good, though, to get Steph Curry back because it'll make the Warriors a little bit more watchable, and they'll get a few games to see what he looks like next to Andrew Wiggins to see if he can bring anything out of Wiggins. You can't tell your girls that Seth Curry's playing, can you? They don't. Oh, they know all about Seth Curry, uh, but just not the same. Not yeah. the same. You know? yeah. They're more excited that Boban also plays on the Dallas Mavericks. <laughs> Is no one concerned at all about this idea in a, in a year where you're 12 and 46 and you're by far the worst team in the league and you obviously don't have Clay? Like, I don't know. You still want to bring back Curry for yeah. the final five or six yeah. weeks? Yeah. Even though why not? Won't... Yeah, why not? I mean, that's what Kerr said. He addressed this, Steve Kerr. No, he's perfectly healthy. If the point is he might get hurt, what's the point of ever playing anybody? I guess mm. the argument is we're not making the playoffs. So are we not trying to entertain our fans? Yeah. Steve Kerr thinking about the fans. If Curry's good to go, he should be playing. And that's why I, do, I doubt he'll have a minutes restriction because an injury like this, like it's not like a muscle Yeah, it is, the, it is the hand, right? Yeah. Those like beans fell on him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. It's You're right. It's not a, a strain in the leg. Yeah, or a, a you're some, coming back from a yep. hamstring or something. Or which, a knee injury or yeah. something like that. Fair, yeah. fair. And he's always had the green light to shoot any shot, but now when there's nothing on the line and he doesn't have clay... He's going to be shooting from everywhere. Think so? Uh, the clip half court pull ups. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, pretty close. It's the, uh, the definitely year- logo pull ups. Well, yeah, it's the four year anniversary of uh, him hitting that bomb in overtime against uh, OKC. That's wow. right. That's... Where he just pulled up from basically the logo or just over half. That Saturday night game. Yeah, that uh, was a Saturday night game. That right? was fun. The clip or the uh, the video that the NBA Twitter account shared this week of Steph pulling up already was uh, got me excited. I mean, he, he was in rhythm from the logo. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch Steph again. He needs to get some shots up in the Chase Center, too. That's true. Remember uh, the very first <laughs> preseason game pulled up from half court, complete air ball. He's oh, yeah. only shot 11 for 31 in Chase Center. You got to get used to those sight lines mm, for next season when everybody's point. ready. Good point. Uh, and it could be fun to see the Warriors and Curry play some sort of like playoff spoiler in like big games where teams are trying to get into the playoffs or whatever positioning it's possible uh if he can make the the warriors who have basically sort of a g-league team if he can make them uh competent enough to win some games here with him and wiggins i will say though sb nation's matt ellentucky had a good point i thought had this year's draft class had like a zion williamson or like you know a luke or something like a, a like bona fide star in the making appear to be at least you wonder if the Warriors would have leaned a little harder into like, eh, you know what, just take off the final six weeks here. We'll lean a little harder into the tank. Now, they have a comfortable lead in that position anyway, and the smoothed out lottery odds, you know, help everybody's chances, I guess. You don't need to be the worst, is my point, to get that 25% because that's gone. Now you're at 14. But I think it's fair if there was like a Zion. Maybe they don't uh, rush as much. They've got five fewer wins than the next worst yeah, team. Yeah, that's why I said. That's a lot. Said um, and honestly... Play your guys. Like, if Steph Curry is healthy, play him. Everybody was excited to see Steph Curry this year to be unleashed. He was a popular MVP pick because he was going to have no Kevin Durant around, no Klay Thompson for the first part of the season. People were pumped, myself included, to see Steph Curry this year. So it's nice that we're actually going to. Don't lean into the tank. That's silliness. Final piece of news here. LeBron James is going to lean into the tank. (laughs) Uh, LeBron will miss tonight's game against the Warriors because of a sore groin um, not sure about his larynx. Uh, the team announced uh, this on Wednesday. AD also listed as probable. He's got the sore left elbow. But I think this is more of a just uh, we're playing the Warriors and Curry's not back yet. <laughs> That's fine, though. LeBron's earned the right to 
take a game off, you know, whether it's load management or he's got a I don't think you've really win. truly earned it until year 18 or 19, <laughs> in my opinion. I think it's a little premature. Uh, you think so? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I, I'm fine with it. LeBron's been brilliant. And honestly, LeBron has said, and I believe him, that he wants to play every game. So if he's not 100%, I understand him seeing this one and going, I'm going to sit this one out because yeah. a groin. This is the groin. So he does want to play every game, or he doesn't want. No, to play? no, he wants to play, but he had that injury for, to his groin last year that cost him six weeks and basically ended his season. So if yeah. in any way he's got a tweak or a twine, he wants twine, to. The, twine. the counter to that <laughs> is he's twine. probably had a sore groin all year. Yeah. Here and there, right? Because everybody's you, on his uh, dick. Yeah. <laughs> and you can pick or choose when you don't want to play. No, look, he's played almost every game. Yeah, I, I know. I'm with I know. you. And I, I would take off the game against the Warriors, too, get some more rest. And uh, he's, they're hope, you know, gearing up for, obviously, what would hope to be a long, long playoff exactly. run. And you're yeah. going to want LeBron at his peak powers. But uh, They've done a good job of separating themselves from the Nuggets, and it's a five-game spread. So I think that they're a little bit more comfortable sitting him. Yeah. That's helped. Fair enough. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. It's TBT, so this is an old, old tweet. It's from March 18th, 2018, from Izzy Hanreiter, who says, My aunt just pronounced larynx as larynx, and I'm screaming. (laughs) It's larynx, guys. Wow. Moving on to the actual tweets of the night. We asked yesterday on Twitter. Did you just Google Twitter? Yeah, I Googled pronounce larynx. Uh, What you got? Red vines or Twizzlers? What do you guys think the vote was? Uh, It was was hardcore red vine. Yeah, that's the American one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, red vine then. 80-20. Twizzler. What? 70-30. It's Twizzler country down here as well. Yeah. Okay, now for the real tweet of the night. Oh, man, because right. yeah, I, I saw, yeah, I I saw that man. poll. I saw a different poll. It depends on who's, who's promoting these polls. Red Vine, <laughs> I saw, was, was running away with the who's poll. Who's promoting these polls? Interesting, yeah, yeah. the boost. That's, that's a great point. It's a real Gallup yep. poll. Well, and Skeets, you mentioned that Canada is Twizzler country. 100%. We got a huge Canadian audience, so maybe our results are skewed. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. how it happens. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, so those were the opening acts for the true tweet of the night, which comes from Kirk Goldsberry, yes. who tweeted out, the leading late clock scorers, we're talking minimum 100 shots taken with less than six seconds on the shot clock this season. Who are the top five players in late clock scoring? The guys who are going to get you a bucket when things break down. Well, Chris Paul. No. Jokic. Yes, Nikola Jokic, number two. Is it doesn't it just have to just scoring? be fourth yeah. quarter. Uh, it's like last oh. six seconds of a shot okay. clock. Oh, okay. 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 And okay. just scoring or, or assist as well? Like Points per up. shot. Yeah. Field oh, okay. goals. Okay. Yeah. LeBron. Number one. Yeah. Okay, LeBron, Jokic, we got Lillard. no Chris Paul. No Lillard. James Harden. James Harden, of course, tied for third with another guy who has a, a similar game to Damian Lillard, I would say. Beal? Nope, no Beal. Um, Trey Young? An all-star this season. We watched him play last night. Had a good scoring game last night. Didn't get the win, however. Ooh. Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy. No. Karis Levert? Nope, Karis Levert. Uh, no, He's not an all-star. No. All-star. How else could I describe this guy? Devin? He, he's the guy who gets the ball when, when the team breaks down, for sure. Devin? Not Devin. Also, he's on par with Devin. It's not Lou Williams. Not Lou Williams. Tatum. Nope, not Tatum. Not Tatum. This man is a first-time All-Star. He's got another All-Star Weekend trophy in his trophy case from last season. Zach Levin. No. From last season. Yep. What did he do? It wasn't an All-Star. Shootout, dunk contests. Ooh, two seasons ago. Two seasons ago, he won the dunk contest. It's crazy that you guys have already forgotten this man. Glenn Robinson? No. We, no. we talked about him earlier this episode. Oh. 
say it. No, Diallo, but no, 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 no. no, no. This guy's an all-star. Yeah. He's a great dunker. He's got the ball at the end of every game. If he's hitting, his team is probably winning, but they're not winning a lot right now. Mitchell. That's right. Uh, Donovan oh, Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, remember Donovan yeah, Mitchell? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely and number not. five, a super surprising one. Uh, I'm not even going to let you guys guess. Julius Randle. Wow. <laughs> Julius Randle getting buckets we for the New York Knicks. We would not have gotten to that one. Yeah, I heard Alonzo Trier's name again last night. Mm, surprising. Played. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Knicks, uh, Knicks lost again last night, though, right? To the Hornets. Yes. Hornets, yeah, that's right. right. Sure, a lot of people were watching that. <laughs> All right, pick 'em results. Ho oh, ho! My month of hell continued. I, along with Tass, had Utah, who were favored by four and a half at home. Boston, last game of their road trip, thought Utah might get it together. All those lineup changes. Nope. Tatum, 33 and 11. Another great game from the Celtics. They got the W. Hit the money line. So Trey and Lee, they win. Tass and I got the L's. Here's where we at. I've already officially lost the month of February. You got a suggestion for the pick and payoff? Tweet it in at no dunks inc. hashtag no dunks. What do you want me to do to pay it off? But we figured let's uh, let's do one more pick for the month of February, and here's why: you guys, the three of you guys, are tied. Mm. You're all eight and six. So why not have one more game? Doesn't matter who I pick, but uh, let's see who is uh, the best picker when it comes to the month of February here in the office. So what's our game, Tassie? Well, we talked about LeBron sitting out tonight against the Golden State Warriors. They're going into Golden State, and they're favored by 11 and a half, even with LeBron's injury, because Anthony Davis is probable. Yeah. It's not a lock-lock, but probable. And uh, I would guess Draymond Green's going to sit, too. He's also a game-time decision. But (laughs) if Rich Paul says, uh, LeBron, you're sitting, quite often the Rich Paul bros sit together. (laughs) So... What you got? Uh, Eleven warriors. And a half. Give me the warriors. They're gonna cover. Oh, easy on your points. What have I got? I've got eleven points. Have I in my bag? Yeah, yeah. You got eleven points. You got eleven points in my bag. I don't know. You want to get your bag up here and zip it? Yeah. Which pocket you got those points in? All right. So you got the warriors. Yeah. Plus eleven and a half. I'm gonna take the warriors too. Ooh. Ah, Trey. I'll swerve a lurf. Why not? Give me the Lakers. I'll take the Lakers as well. You're in trouble, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> you don't want me touching your pick right now. Three eleven. <laughs> Get away from my pick, man. Oh, oh, brutal. We got a. Uh, that's a, that's the second game of the TNT doubleheader. The first one, fascinating for TNT. You don't see this at eight o'clock often. The Blazers playing at the eight o'clock slot versus the Pacers. Mm. Just an interesting game again. One of those <laughs> Quite interesting. Ones. Yeah, got Nick Sixers as well tonight, and Kings Thunder could be the best game of the night uh, at eight o'clock. That one's on League Pass. All right, that's it for us today. Make sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Athletic Network. Count the Dinks, back to back hoops, adjacent, and so many more. If you all want in on the best sports writing in the world, head to theathletic.com/slash/no-dunks to save forty percent on an annual subscription. Trust me, it's well worth it. New drop podcast tomorrow on Friday. We'll see you then. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Larry the Larynx has two humps. Larry the Larynx has two humps. Larry the Larynx has two humps. So ride, Larry, ride. Boom, boom, boom. Embrace the day, people. I thought you'd join me on the boom, boom, boom. Oh. <laughs>